0: Welcome back to Unsolved South. Hope everybody had a great week. Maddie, did you have a good week?
1: It's been a very exhausting week. That is for sure. Same. And I'm having internet issues that I've been complaining
0: about for the last 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That she could hear. It was like the last half hour that she couldn't hear. Anyway, uh, we're going to be in Texas this week I thought it had been a minute since we've been to Texas to do a story so that may not be true y'all know I can't remember (laughs) anyway so as of my research there were 2,537 people missing in Texas wow and here are a couple of the oldest cases I know it's a lot, right? But right. Texas is a big state, so. That is true. Um, these are some of the oldest cases, though. And um, the oldest case listed in Texas, on NamUs at least, is 25-year-old Flora Dean Walker. And for some reason, I keep wanting to say her name as Floridian. <laughs> Floridian. I guess just that's what my eye sees. <laughs> So, if I mess it up, that's why, but it's Flora Dean Flora Walker, Dean. and her case happened happened in 1951, we think. Okay. So, there's not a lot of ton of details, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why I'm blaming that on the year, because we all know that we've had like super recent cases with zero details, uh, so, yeah. um, <laughs> you know. I wanted to blame it on the year, but, you know, that's probably not even the case. Uh, Flora Dean is a white female. She has red hair, green eyes, and she stood about 5'7 and weighed about 135 pounds. Now, this is what the information says. She was last seen leaving a residence in Hext, Texas. A residence? not her residence a a residence in hext texas it could have been her own it might not have been hers and she was last seen at some point in 1951 maybe spring could have been fall yeah so um okay so here's what else we know She was raised in Missouri. She was one of seven kids. Her maiden name was Hawes. According to Ancestry, she she was married to a man named Charles Penderson in Kansas. But no death or divorce records were recorded there. But her name and her birth date and all match up. So I'm pretty confident that was her. She married again to a man named Wesley Walker in March of 1950. So that was just about a year before she went missing. I could not find kids listed for either marriage, so I don't believe she had any. Wesley wound up remarrying in 1957, okay? Okay. Her sister placed an ad in a local paper where Flora Dean grew up And she was searching for her or any information on her whereabouts, but she didn't put it in the paper where Flora Dean lived when she was married to Wesley. Hmm. She put it in the paper in the town where they grew up in Missouri. Wait. So I thought that was kind of weird. The sister placed this ad in 1973, and she, remember, went missing in 1951, so... Um, that's a little curious. I yeah gave all the information about the other husband and such because somebody may be like, oh, I'm related to somebody by that name or it could lead back to like some family secrets or some crack in the case. And we really don't have any other information. And probably a family secret, again, is the only way that this one gets resolved, I'm going to go out on a limb and say their marriage li- married life wasn't like um, they expected it was going to be. And she either ran off and he just didn't care about it or he chose to disappear her. Because they had only been married for about a year. So, you know, and he doesn't even know when the last time he saw her was. <laughs> No, I don't know. Could have been that, fall. Yeah, it kind of chilly. Might have been spring. Who knows? It was definitely this year, though. So you know that's a little suspicious. And, and I'm oh, pretty sure you. I would notice if my husband was missing. Like I think I could do a little better than well. Yeah, it was. It was definitely this year. Definitely this year. You know, I think I could probably narrow it down to like what it was hot. So we're gonna go with summer. I mean that's crazy to me. (laughs) Yeah, how do you not know? And to like a house, she was leaving a
1: house? Yeah, like Like, could you imagine her house? Her mom's house? Her sister's house? Whose house? Right, like and you're just like,
0: listen. Okay, there was a house and he left it and it was this year at some point. (laughs) That's what I know, officer. I mean, that's just... that's sketchy. But, I mean, okay, so there's a real possibility that some of this information was given, like, they could have given great detail, and um, it was just lost over time, you know, records getting lost or whatever. There is that possibility, so we're making fun, but he could have, like, immediately been like, oh my gosh, my wife didn't come home last night, and this is where she was at this address, and it just got lost over time, so I don't know. Anyway, um, this next one I'm just gonna go ahead and warn y'all—it's gonna be rough. It's uh involving kids, so it's it's gonna be a little harder. On September 6, 1958, in Goliad, Texas. Three-year-old Marisha Campbell and her 11-month-old brother, A.J., were supposed to go on a court-ordered visit with their dad, A.J. Sr. Their parents had been married for eight years, but much of that time, Sr. had been abusive to their mom, Jewel, and she had finally Mm. taken steps to get rid of him. She divorced him. She took the kids. She moved, got her a teaching job in Goliad, I hope I'm saying that right. And um, she was supporting them and the kids. So, and think about that for a second, because this was in the 50s, and she was a single mother in the 50s. That was amazingly brave back then, to leave an abusive husband and just set out yeah. on her own. Yeah. So, you know, good for Jewel. The kids were all dressed and ready, and he was supposed to pick them up at 9 a.m., and then he was going to have them back by 3. Marisha had, had dark blonde hair and dark blue eyes. AJ had light blue eyes, and he was like a little fuzzy strawberry blonde. He didn't have a <laughs> lot of hair because he's only 11 months old. Yeah. Um, they sat and waited with their mom, and none of them realized it would be the last time they would ever see each other. Senior picked them up in a friend's car, and the friend was in the car with him. The friend's name was William Randall Jr., and they worked together as bricklayers building All Saints Hospital in Fort Worth, Texas. The day before, Senior had asked him if he would give him, if he would ride with him to see the kids. And um, it said ride with him, but if you're using my car, you're not riding with me. I mean, I'm not riding with you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this is my car. I'm giving you a ride. But I I thought that was a strange way to put it. But um, So, Senior was driving the car, and the guy was riding with him in his own car. So,
1: anyway... Hold on, let me clarify. So, senior okay. did not have a car. The the friend Net. had the car. Right. And so, senior. Okay. So we're getting the this story and from car. the call co- from the cops or something.
0: Um, This one is pieced together from the mom's story, the friend's story, the reports to the police, this part is. Um, we do get a story, okay. like this next part of the story is coming from the friend.
1: Okay, so the reason I ask that is because sometimes when you're guilty... And you're being questioned. You put yourself in a third person's perspective. So you're telling the story as if you're watching the story. Right. I was trying to make a point, but I can't remember where I was going. I'm
0: not sure where we were going with that, but anyway. So they had gone through several towns in Texas. um, And they stopped and picked up two large containers of lard. Oh. About three miles outside of Goliad, Senior pulls over. He tells the friend, I want to go visit some family for a while. You just stay here. What? And the friend steps out of the car, and Senior and the kids drive off without him. So, listen, the friend was very suspicious at this point in the story. Later in the story, he becomes less suspicious. But at this point, I agree listen you're not putting me out of my car on the side of the road and this is the side of the road we're not talking like he dropped him out at the mall or something he's (laughs) on the side of the road (laughs) and Mm -hmm. he's like I'm going to visit some family you just get out and stay here The guy gets out, and Senior and the kids drive off without him, and about 30 to 40 minutes later, Senior comes back to pick him up, and he does not have the kids.
1: Yes. So,
0: William asks, he says, where where are the kids? And Senior says that he went to visit his brother-in-law, but they got into a fight. And so, he left the kids with another family member. And William said that Senior was acting agitated and real nervous. And he kept asking if he had blood on him. And then he kept warning William not to say anything to anybody about the fight he got into with the brother-in-law.
1: Hmm. It sounds like this guy's the yeah, accomplice. not suspicious at all.
0: It does. It, it, yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that at this moment. So, they drive on to San Antonio. And Senior says that he needs to go visit his girlfriend, and so he puts William out of his own car again. And he says, listen, I'll come back at midnight and meet you at the bus station. And then we'll go back to Fort Worth together because that's where they're staying and working in Fort Worth. So, Senior never shows up, and then William has to catch a bus to go back to Fort Worth. When he gets there, he reports his car stolen. Okay. All right? Yeah. The following day, a minister in Fort Worth calls the police, and he says that he spoke to Senior on the phone. And Senior implied that he had killed his children, saying they were, quote, at rest with the world. And that he was now going to join them. What? They later found his body in in William's car north of Austin, Texas.
1: Dude, you couldn't even do it in your own car? Exactly. Imagine poor William. I would be pissed. I'll let you burn my car he, twice in one day and then you kill yourself yeah. in it? So, it seems like
0: um, that Senior was a bully okay yeah to William so I'm not like at first I was like yeah this guy seems like an accomplice but then I was like he put him out at the bus station so he could go get him some tail and it feels like you know that's just a bully move Mm -hmm. so I don't I don't know anyway He had been shot through the head, and the gun was brand new. There was a single bullet missing from the box of ammo. There was also a suicide note, which he had addressed to Jewel, telling her that he, quote, buried the kids, and that he loved them all, and he hoped that she would go on to be happy. Excuse
1: me, how am I supposed to be happy when you killed my kids?
0: Yeah, exactly. It was, like, so... It's like passive-aggressive. I don't... Oh, anyway. I mean, he
1: was abusive. He
0: did not give any hints as to where he left the kids. Yeah. And despite an extensive search, there was never a sign of them ever found. Man. Um, Jewel went on to remarry, and she had a son and daughter from that marriage. She her entire life did not believe that her children were actually killed she said that senior had was a liar he had always been a liar he was always going to be a liar and this was no exception she thought that he gave her kids away and they were being raised by somebody else now her Her younger kids that she had in the second marriage, they took up the search for their siblings when their mother got too old to physically handle it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so they took up the search, and they are still searching. The only thing that they found that was even close to a lead was a driver's license for a man with the same name and birthday as AJ. Mm. All the records of this man stopped in the mid-90s, though. So that could mean that AJ was alive at least up until the 90s and after his father died, much after his father died. Or it could mean that somebody had stolen his identity because um, generally they'll like to go back in the past to get somebody who died young yeah. and then use their um, birth certificates to steal an identity. So that also was something that could have happened. Gotcha. But before we move on, I think we need to um, discuss a little bit. I'm assuming that Senior did not have another ride or he would not have brought a witness along, right? Right. So that says to me that he did not have any time to physically prepare a whole or a site to get rid of anybody's beforehand because he would have had to have a vehicle to come do that close to where the kids were and then go back to go to to work right so that means that he probably was not able to prepare a site until that day and he had to get where he was going and then get back to william within 40 minutes right so he had to leave drive however far have time to do whatever it is he did and then get back drive back within 40 minutes that is not a lot of time
1: well how far was um i can't say the crime scene because we don't know where the crime scene was but how far was where they dropped uh william off on the side of the road to his house senior's house
0: he was in a completely another town they were right they were three miles away from the town where the kids lived and um and they were working in fort worth so they were like i want to say i looked it up and it was like an hour away but i could be wrong on that it it was a listen they had to leave the night before to get there to pick up the kids at nine in the morning gotcha So, they left Fort Worth the night before, traveled, and then got a place to sleep, and then got the kids the next day. Okay. So, it was not close. But, anyway, my point being that, say it took him 20 minutes to do whatever he did with the kids, he could not have gone more than 10 minutes away from where he left William. Okay. At the most, yeah, so that doesn't leave him a lot of time. And then the lard I know a lot of people suspected he did something with the lard to dispose of the bodies, but I don't know what you could do. With I lard. don't know if you've ever dealt with lard. Well, I mean, it's Texas, so there's a lot of animals, so you know, if if they were to get covered with lard it may encourage some animals to come take care of things um there was also speculation that these were buckets of lard and that he may have put them in the buckets yeah and that would have disguised a smell or anything and then he could have um thrown them in a river or something like that But
1: if you were going to those extremes why would you kill yourself after yeah i mean i don't know I think he handed him off. Well, he may
0: have. The thing with the lard is, I don't know if you've ever dealt with it, but it takes a lot to get it off of your hands. For you to be able to remove enough from a bucket or whatever to get a body in it, it's going to get on you. It's going to get on your clothes. It's going to get on your hands. He had nowhere to wash himself off. He had presumably no change of clothes. I mean, he may have, but the friend did not mention him coming back covered in lard or... Or that he was in different clothes. So I don't know that he ever handled that lard mm-hmm. because how would he have cleaned up? That's my question. So I I'm leaning towards he may have actually given them away also and what if what if the lard was just like uh, you know, groceries? You know how you drop your kid off with somebody and you're like, here's some milk and cereal and stuff. Oh.
1: So, you just... Like, Buckets groceries. of lard?
0: What if he did it... You know, because you make biscuits with it? Yeah, but... Yeah, this is back in lard. the 50s. You did everything with lard. You did all your frying. You did... I mean, not when you did everything with it. You had biscuits at every meal. You had biscuits three times a day back then. Mm-hmm. Missed those days. You <laughs> used it to make gravy, to deep fry everything. I mean... Well, if not, then what would the Lord have been for? It would have had to been to dispose of a body somehow. True. Yeah. What if it was just an offering to try to provide for him to whoever he had, you know, like a payoff or whatever to whoever he had passed him off to?
1: Yeah. But why I mean, I don't know what else off? he
0: would have been doing with it. And I don't know that it was buckets either. We, to, Just to spite his ex? Mm. Yeah, I see that, I guess. But he did come back and ask if he had any blood on him. So, you know, that is another thing that leads you towards what if he didn't pass them off?
1: He could have killed them and then came back to dispose of their bodies. So he killed them, quickly hid them, went back to uh, William because he was like, oh my God, you know, I've been gone too long. It's going to be suspicious. Um, and then later gone back out. Yeah, that's an, yeah, that is
0: possible because he did drive him to another town. Yeah, he and drove then him to him a out, different town so. and
1: then it was a long time. I don't know. I think called. it's
0: possible that he had some right and he was supposed to meet him at right. midnight and he never showed, so he could have been anywhere. Now, he could have had some woman convinced that he was saving these kids and that Jewel was the problem. He was abusive, so, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. he knows how to play the victim, I'm sure. And so he could have, you know, convinced some woman that, you know, like, oh, my God, you would be rescuing these kids. And he definitely wouldn't be the first abuser to flip the script like that. So that is a possibility. In which case, again, that may come down to family secrets, how, you know, your great-uncle and great-aunt were adopted, and, you know, it was about that time, and, (laughs) hey, that's weird, you know? So, that, again, may come down to family secrets. If not, then, you know, we know what he had to have done, so. AJ had a birthmark above his eye and below his lip. In ju- just in case that rings a bell for anybody. So do you have anything else to uh, say about
1: that one? Not really. I think we've said it all. I'm right.
0: Okay. So moving on. In the fall of 1961 Mr. M. H. Mooney of Maybank, Texas Ma Bank. Ma Bank Texas reported his wife missing. Avis Beatrice Harris Mooney was 33 years old, a white female. She stood 5'3 and weighed about 140 pounds. She had brown hair and brown eyes. Now, according to Mr. Mooney, he had come home from work and he found a Dear John letter stating that she was unhappy and she was leaving him, and I reckon she was leaving their two kids too, that there were problems um in their marriage and she was unhappy and the problems in their marriage were no secret they fought often sometimes they fought physically and a lot of people knew about it when her mom and family found out that she had left they really were not surprised because she had left before so this was not new behavior for her Her mom had no choice but to wait patiently for word that Avis was fine and that she was safe and wherever she was. When her mom received that letter shortly after Avis left, it did nothing to calm her worry. In fact, she became more worried because she did not believe that that letter was actually from Avis at all. To her, the handwriting very much resembled that of her son-in-law. Avis was never heard from again, although there were a few possible sightings of her, including one in Hughes Springs, Texas, in the early 70s. It was reported that Avis may have had an undiagnosed mental illness, but I don't know who said that or why. And that could have come from her mm-hmm. husband, and, you know, he could have just been saying, oh, well, she's crazy trying to discredit her and make it look more plausible that she had just run off. Right. So, I mean, that's basically all we have on that one. So, what do you think? Mentally ill woman runs away from home, starts a new life, or a husband gets tired of his wife and I'm disappears I'm going to go with the her. husband on this one. I kind mm. of tend to agree. I think that... Um, I think that the mother would have recognized her writing. Chances are they would have seen the writing more mm-hmm. often back then because it wasn't, like, yeah. a lot of email and text and phones and stuff. So I I feel like the mother would, yeah, so she would know that. You think you'd know my writing? Uh, I think I would. I don't know that I would know Noah's gotcha. writing. Ours are very, like,
1: Different. But
0: I think I could, um, like if you, I think if, um, somebody, if you wrote me a note. Okay. I would be able to say, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's her handwriting. Uh, you gotta hold them still. Yeah, the bottom one is you.
1: Yep, that is me. (laughs) So, I I would, uh, yeah, I think I would be able to recognize Oh, definitely. Um... And if it was something distinctive like Ansley's so easy. You would know that right away. Yeah, Ansley's is
0: pretty distinctive. Will, Melanie and Zane all have the same handwriting and it looks like a kindergarten. Really? And um I've, yeah, Kayla has beautiful handwriting. But the, the three of them, theirs is, like, rough. And so, I think it would be hard for anybody to fake theirs unless they were, like, Hey, little kindergartner, I'll give you five bucks to copy this. That's funny. <laughs> and then, which case, Uh, yeah, so. um, I got two stories, though, personal stories this week. One of them's funny, and one of them is, like, I don't know, it creeped me out, but... Uh, <laughs> It may not have been creepy, but it creeped me out anyway. All right, go ahead. So, you ready for that? Yeah. Okay, so, um, back in the day, I would occasionally pass this guy when I was going to work. And it would be like super early in the morning. Now, this is in a different county. This is in a different town. It's like far away from where I am now, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I would pass him. On the way to work sometimes. And it would be like super early in the morning. And it was just this old black guy standing at the end of a dirt road where it met up with the paved road. Oh. And I would always see him and I would always wave. And he would always wave. And I was like, I assumed he was waiting on a ride to work, right? Yeah. So I got to thinking how just coincidentally, I never past another car when I saw him and nobody was ever in my car when I saw him and I got to thinking I was like what what if I'm the only one seeing him (laughs) what if he's a ghost and he's at the end of this road right what if I'm the only one anyway so fast forward And we're in a completely different place. We're in a completely different county. And I have to take Zane to the dentist super early in the morning, one morning. Mm -hmm. And so I'm crossing these railroad tracks, and my car sits really low. And um, plus, I don't want to mess it up. So when I go over a railroad track, like I am crawling over this railroad track. Well, up ahead, like a good hundred yards up... I see this guy standing at the end of a dirt road and it's super flat right there. You can see forever right in the spot. Yeah. And so I see him. And so like I'm crawling over the railroad track and I'm watching him and um and I'm you know, I start driving and I'm gaining a little bit of speed and I'm watching him as I'm coming up on him. And I get to thinking about this other guy because this guy looks a lot like this dude. Like, you know, they're dressed kind of alike. Um, Just in nothing to script. Just in like beige clothes I mean just and nothing with any kind of character or anything that you would say oh yeah he was wearing this you know and they were about the same age same stature he just kind of reminded me of this dude as I'm coming up and I get to thinking about it and I kind of chuckle to myself because I'm like that was so stupid because I'm like what if this dude's a ghost right and so I kind of chuckle to myself and I he waves and I wave and I drive on. And um right after I waved, Zane goes, Who are you waving at? What? <laughs> I never said I never said a word to Zane about the guy that I had seen before or anything. I never spoke a word out loud about thinking the dude might have been a ghost. That boy said that shit, and it was like somebody punched me in the stomach, and I was like, that dude on the side of the road, and he turned around and looked, and he was like, I don't see anybody, (laughs) but he, it was behind us on my side, and I was like, no, I was like, I looked at him, I looked at him, because I'm like, is he joking with me? Like, because I was stunned. And so I'm like, is he joking? But he's not joking. And I was like, at the dirt road back there. And he was like, oh, I must have missed him. I just didn't see him. And so I was like, I'm like, God, because I felt like at that point he still should have been able to look back and see him, but you take a heel like a little bit after that, so, you know, he could have only seen him for a minute,
1: but he was like, I was looking at my phone, I must have just missed him. No, the way I would have turned my car around so fast... Well, first
0: off, my car is not a car that you can turn around in the road unless you're spinning around. Second off, I mean, I got to go find another road to turn down and come back. So, but I was shook. I was like, because honestly, when he said it, it felt like somebody punched me. And I was like, and then I was like, is he joking? But I look at him and he's not joking. And he has no idea. And he was... You know, for a good chunk of this time, he was either a baby or not even born maybe when this was going on with the other dude. This was a long time ago, and I've never said anything to anybody about it because it was just such a stupid, fleeting thought, right? So, yeah. but then when I saw this guy, it just came back to me that that's what I had thought about that other guy that kind of chuckled me, but that boy was like, who are you waving at? <laughs> I was like, what? What? <laughs> anyway I was shook (laughs) I was like uh (laughs) so that was yeah that was weird and then I had to take him back um I had to take him back a little bit later early in the morning again but I ain't seen the guy since but but you can (laughs) see from the railroad track you can see forever up to where the road is but then from the road onward It's just Mm -hmm. a short distance that you can see. So,
1: I was like, maybe you just missed him. I don't know. Anyway. Okay, so So, did the other guy ever change his clothes? He was in the exact same thing? Yeah, it
0: seems like he was pretty much in the same thing. But it could have been like a work uniform or something. It was just something super nondescript. It wasn't... It just wasn't anything like you wouldn't say, you know, like he was wearing a SpongeBob T-shirt and some booty shorts. I mean, it was like it wasn't <laughs> anything that was going to stand out. It was just something pretty yeah. nondescript, you know. But uh, and, and this dude was the same. It was just like um, like a beige, like um, earth tone kind of plaid shirt not like a lumberjack shirt but kind of a plaid looking shirt and then just some beige pants I mean it was just super nondescript and then I was like you know I I don't know it shook me I ain't gonna lie about it so now every time I go through there I'm looking for him but I ain't seen him since (laughs) (laughs) I have not seen him since (laughs) but then something funny happened so uh okay Okay, so, you know, um, Billy sleeps during the day because he works nights. Okay, so mm-hmm. he's been lately sleeping in the house. He had been in the camper because we're loud, but lately he's we been allow sleeping him in, in the, the house because I did too good a job blacking out my windows. And so when I get up in the morning, <laughs> he's coming in as I'm getting up. so he's coming in as I'm getting up right and so I've got to hurry up and gather all my stuff that I need for the day so I don't have to come back through the door and wake him up because my door it um in the summer when we get a lot of rain I guess the humidity kind of swells it and now you can't get in it without sounding like the police kicking the door in. and so um (laughs) I don't want to have to try to come back through the door real quiet because it's not it's not easy so it's I try quiet. to gather up on my stuff so I keep a change of clothes outside of my bedroom I keep a change no I keep a change in the bathroom of clothes to leave the house in and the homeless looking clothes like you wear around the house right Mm -hmm. So I got up and I left and I was wearing my night shirt and I was like, it's hot. And so I tell Kayla, I'm like, hey, I'm in the kitchen doing stuff. I'm like, hey, run in there and grab my shorts and t-shirt out of the bathroom so I can change and so she's like okay and so she bebops off and then um takes her forever and she finally comes back and she's got um like a really ratty t-shirt and a pair of sweatpants and I'm like this is not what I had in there like I don't know where <laughs> she even got this stuff from <laughs> this is not like this is not what I wanted. And she said, well, you don't have any clothes in the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, crap. Because I was like, I must have changed and forgot to put more in there or whatever. And so I didn't have any yet. And she's like, there are none but jeans. And I was like, I don't want the jeans because it's hot. So um, I put on the sweatpants. And and the ratty t-shirt I like run into the laundry room I slip them on I come back out the sweatpants are so loose they are like ridiculously loose and so I roll the band like you know how you do I rolled Mm -hmm. the band to try to keep them up and so um I'm over there doing something and Kayla's like oh you got your pants on wrong and she comes and unrolls the band and they start to slide I catch them and I'm like no (laughs) they're they're too big (laughs) I said they're too big so I I had to roll, no, no, she almost did, I'm like, I have to roll them, because they're too big, and so, she's like, okay, and so, um, I'm like, I'm working in the kitchen, I'm, I'm doing stuff, I'm unloading groceries, actually, and, um, So, I get, like, a a load of groceries. I've got, like, two gallons of milk and a bunch of cheese in my arm. And I I think to myself, I need to get, like, a binder (laughs) clip, like a chip clip, and put it on my pants. But I do not do that, obviously, because that would be crazy, right? So, I gather up this armload of stuff, and I start across the kitchen, and I get, like... three steps, and my pants hit the floor, and I mean the floor, they did not slide, they just fell, and they were on the floor, and so I'm standing there, I've got this armload of stuff, right, and so I like fling it onto the kitchen table, and I grab my pants and pull them back up, and then I turn around, were you around. going commando, yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Kayla's standing daughter. there, and she's looking at me, and she's just staring, and I look at her. <laughs> and I'm trying to get my pants back, girl, and I look at her, and she goes, <laughs> she says, yeah, I saw Good that, <laughs> that. <laughs> and I'm like, ah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god
0: so i was like well sorry about that <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh lord
0: so anyway she she's like i saw that but she's like super no like she, she didn't laugh she didn't like bust out nothing it was she wasn't like embarrassed she was just matter of fact she was like yeah i saw that no she was dead like normal like i mean she was deadpan she was like yeah i saw that i'm like sorry about that and she was like mama they are really loose (laughs) no shit Thank you. I had not oh. noticed by the fact that they were on the floor. So, why are they so loose? Anyway, I threw those away. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I used to wear them all the time, but I don't know why they were that loose. But I don't know. I haven't seen them in a minute, and I don't know where they even came from. Like, they weren't in my room. I don't know... Like, if I had a packed up or something. Or, I don't know where they came from. Hmm. I haven't seen them in a long time.
1: And now I ain't going to see them
0: no more. (laughs) (laughs) I took them, like, and they were super big. Like, I don't even know, like, and they may not even be the ones I'm thinking about. Because I used them later that day to put on over my clothes so I could go out and paint. And I could pull them up like over my chest, like a, um, like a, <laughs> like a, a, work suit, <laughs> like a jumper, I was but without wondering where the arms.
1: With
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I could pull them all the way up above my boobs. So they were huge. I'm not sure what happened there. So they may not even be the ones I was thinking about. I don't know where they came from. Ain't no telling. <laughs> Now and Kayla, she could have run over to the neighbor's house, took them off their clothesline or something. I mean, I don't know. She took forever to bring them in there. She might have sewn them up on the sewing
1: machine. I don't know. Got to get your sizing better, girl. Yeah, so that's what I got this week. I do have someone to shout out today. Um, A fellow podcaster reached out and said that they love our show. Um, so if y'all are ever looking for, you know, more true crime and stuff, I recommend you check out the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. It is a mother-son duo, um, so it kind of is like what we do, and they just talk about, like, brutal crimes, bizarre coincidences, and they make a cocktail on every show, so, you could like make the cocktail with them and then like drink it while you're listening to their show. It's so cool. It's so fun. I really enjoyed it. That does sound fun. Did you check them out? Uh, I didn't yeah, have I did. time
0: to check them out, but I know you told me to, but I didn't have time to do it. And I, um I will, though. I'll put it on my list. Yeah. Could you imagine if we got drunk while we did this? Man, we would be
1: off on topics. You just have no idea. Oof. Oof. But I got off my blood pressure medicine, so I can drink now. I'm excited. If you can't tell. That is exciting. <laughs> I'm barely surviving two under two.
0: Yeah, I don't know if anybody even knew you were on the blood
1: pressure medicine. Oh, no, they did because that's why we went. You didn't to the tell hospital. everybody how you almost died. Okay, almost died.
0: Almost oh, I like... didn't. I didn't think you told anybody you were on it.
1: Maybe I, I didn't. Maybe I didn't. If y'all didn't know, my blood pressure what, was running died? in the like one eighties over one twenties, so it was going pretty bad. So that's why I was induced. She had come over to my house the day before,
0: and she was she was super, super swollen. She looked like she had gained, like, 50 pounds from the last time I had seen her. I and looked like she was Fiona super from swollen Shrek. And so I was like, have you had your blood pressure checked? And so we got her to check it. Yeah, she was, she was super swollen. I didn't say anything at the time because I didn't want to worry you. But you were like, I told <laughs> Billy when you left, I was like, <laughs> I'm super concerned because she looks like she's going to explode. And um, <laughs> so I was like, you need to check your blood pressure. And she was like, oh, um, you had said that your doctor said or the physician's assistant had said some swelling was normal and I'm like, Yeah, some is but like this was extreme swelling and I was like, I don't know if they are getting the gist of how swollen you are. So I was like, I You really to need downplay. to check your blood pressure. <laughs> and um and she did and it was high. Yeah, I know, So I'm glad that I said come over and let's do those meals, cause I don't know yeah. if you would have gone into the doctor if I haven't hadn't been like you need to check your blood pressure and stuff. So no, because I it had an appointment really serious, that like Friday but, um, or something. Yeah. So you would have waited till Friday at least. That could have mm-hmm. got serious. Yeah. That was like a Monday, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it could have got really serious. Anyway, so then um, she started checking her blood pressure, and it was super high, and she was reporting to her doctor, and then they said go on in. And um, I told Billy, I said, I'm pretty sure we're going to get the baby today because her blood pressure is so high, there's no way they're letting her go home. And then she said, oh, they said they're going to let me go home. And I was like, listen, that is suspicious. And I told him, I'm like, if they send her home, I'm going to go over there because uh, I may have to go fight somebody at the hospital because that's highly suspicious to me that they would send her home. I cannot imagine that they really are and then i don't know it was like half an hour hour later she was like oh so we're gonna have the baby i
1: was like dang yeah because the the triage nurse was like i don't think they're gonna keep you and i felt fine um but then when my doctor got the notice she was like no we're having a baby today i was like okay
0: yeah, I'm, I was with the doctor. I was like, uh, no, that's highly suspicious that they would yeah. send you home. <laughs> so, I, I did. I told Billy, I said, I I'm, I'm going to go over there because I may have to go fight somebody. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't have to fight so anybody. So, that was the plan. I was going to go. Me, too. <laughs> I'm glad, too, because I was sure ready. I was like, no, because I didn't feel like they was taking it seriously when you said that they were going to send you home. And I was like, no, they're about to take it serious. That's all I can tell you. Somebody gonna take it serious because I ain't ain't about to have my baby and my grandbaby dying out here. So somebody going to take it serious one way or another. Yeah. So anyway, luckily I did not have to um, fight anybody. And then I did get to be there this time. I didn't with Cade because of Rona. But I did this time, and I was, I, like, timed it out. And I was in the parking lot, and Noah called, and he was like, where are you at? (laughs) Where are you at? (laughs) And I'm like, parking? (laughs) And he's like, you need to hurry. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm on the way. And so he met me at the uh, elevator, and we, like, speed walked back to the room. And then uh, I got in there, and, like, the doctor walked in, like, two seconds after me. (laughs) <laughs> and they were like, "Are you ready?" And then we did push, push, and then we had a baby.
1: <laughs> yeah, it literally was like three so it sets was quick pushes, that. and that was
0: it. I know. I was like, "She's just waiting on me." I, I said, "Y'all were taking too long. I come to get this baby out." <laughs> it was like three pushes, and he was out. The new one's gonna be my sweet boy. <laughs> <sighs> Let's hope. He's going to be Grammy's baby since the other one's a Poppy's baby. Oh, my God. It broke my heart. And I don't know if it makes me want to punch somebody. Poppy. Yeah. I get so jealous. (laughs) Cade is... You'll have that moment. Cade is all, all about his Poppy. And... If Poppy is in the house, then I can't get no love. (laughs) I got to wait until this man leaves so I can get some snuggles. And literally, he was here overnight. Both of them were here overnight the other night. And I did not get any snuggles the entire time until poppy had to go somewhere and i was the only one here and then he climbed up and he hugged me and then he got behind me and he pulled me back like i was sitting on his lap and he patted me and then uh and then i scratched his head for a second and then he jumped and ran
1: she lost internet so i'm gonna go ahead and close out the show thank you so much for joining us and listening to unsolved south Um, Share us with someone who loves to snuggle. And our social media is unsolved underscore south on Instagram. And unsolved south podcast on Facebook. And we also have a Facebook group. I can't wait to see y'all next Thursday. Bye.